The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. Welcome again to the Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall Cricket Club. Here we go again, a roundup of last weekend and we look forward to next weekend as well and chew the fat over some of the bits in between as well. As per ever, we're here from well, most of the skippers, one or two others as well. Uh, so you can expect to listen to uh, Tom Evans, to Nicole Fisher, to George Metcalf, Ian Thistlewood and of course Lee Dixon holding bits of it together. Okay, Other things besides, and uh, I should mention of course it's our 50th edition. Who said it wouldn't last? Well, quite a few people as it happens. You're most welcome. This is the Full Toss Podcast. It's Cricket Jim, but not as we know it. Jim Law and Lee Dixon, the Full Toss. So the Full Toss podcast, 50 not out. I think there's a few of our batsmen around just at the moment who'd quite like to be saying that. But nevertheless, thank you uh, for sticking with us. We're still here. Uh, It is 50 uh, so far. We'll be here through weekly until the end of the season. I'll take a rain check then as to uh, how we go forward uh, through the winter. Uh, But uh, lots lined up, uh, a couple couple of uh, vintage podcasts around the corner with some high-calibre guests from cricket stars of the past from Chester Borton Hall. You've uh, already possibly heard the, the Heath Pritchard one. You can dig it out if not. Uh, and uh, it's, it's folks like that that, uh, that we're getting together. You can do with your input as well if there's anything you want to uh, to hear, anybody who you want us to talk to. It doesn't have to be in the club. It can be a bit further afield if uh, that's what you want to hear. Just let us know. And, of course, we'll keep you posted with everything on the website. The Full Toss Podcast. So the 50th edition of the Full Toss Podcast may be a little bit different uh, this time round. Uh, I'm back at Base Control. I've been been around uh, out and about a little bit. Uh, so have our contributors. So we're just kind of having to move things around a, a little bit, uh, but we'll get there. So there What's on at Chester Borton Hall? Thank you for asking. Well... On the pitch, first of all, the first 11 are in action on Thursday night in the T20 quarterfinal. They're at home to Grappenhall from 6 o'clock. Now, the winner of that will compete in finals day on Sunday, the 4th of July. We've had some good fun with finals days, of course, in recent times. So come along and support the first team, guys. Thursday night against Grappenhall, that starts at 6 o'clock. Talking of the first team, well, we await a date for the Cheshire Cup, the next round of the Cheshire Cup. We've uh, reached the latter stages of that, having beaten Didsbury and Brooklands. Next up, it's a home game with Wallasey. Wallasey are still involved in the Nationals, so we'll wait to confirm that date in due course. This Saturday, of course, uh, cricket as per usual. The seconds are at home to Hyde and the falls entertain Ashley. And I should mention too, next Tuesday, that's the 29th of June, the thirds are in T20 action. Uh, they are playing against Timberley thirds. So again, come along and support, support the boys then. Lots of junior cricket as well, of course. And let's not forget our showcase game. Full details of all the games, of course. And this on our website. It's Cheshire against Warwickshire, uh, what the ECB call showcase games, where uh, all the uh, as-was minor counties host one of the big boys. So Cheshire have Warwickshire. That's a great day out, uh, 50 overs aside. It's free admission for...
for Chester Bolton Hall members. 11 o'clock start, 50 overs, as I say. And that should be a great day. Tent open all day, of course. What's on at Chester Bolton Hall? Right, so off the field, as you'd expect, uh, lots going on. We're moving towards uh, the middle of the uh, the summer, of course, so the events are beginning to come thick and fast. Uh, three to tell you about, Friday the 9th of July. If you've not got your £10 ticket for stand-up comedy, please do either get in touch with, uh, with Chris Fleet or text or, or email, whatever. Um, £10, a great, uh, great night lined up there. Uh, some big names in that, uh, that comedy act. Uh, from the past as well and uh, plenty of uh, food and uh, drink available of course Uh, then the following Friday there is a ladies charity lunch again full details of that on the website and I've I've mentioned many times before the summer ball is Saturday the 24th of uh, July Uh, pretty much a sellout but please do inquire uh, as to whether there's any space to fit you in that will be a belting night as well Saturday the 24th of July all happening here at Chester Bolton Hall the full toss podcast so before we get on with the cricket just a couple of things to mention uh, first of all hey it's a big congratulations to uh, the big one the big fella Rick Moore ex-captain all-round superstar and ginger good egg congratulations to him and Lauren Renard uh, Nick's been down on one knee uh, not another back injury but uh, to actually propose finally to Lauren so hey congratulations to you two lots of love from all the mums and dads who gathered in the tent last week not forgetting, of course, Tess the dog. I feel like giving out requests here. No song to play, though. Uh, but well done to you two. Um, and also just to mention that a couple of guests lined up in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, we're looking to talk to uh, an umpire. You've asked us to, uh, to get a couple of officials around. So we have Simon Smith. Uh, without his dancing bear, look that one up on Google, kids. All right, But Simon Smith, uh, first, uh, sorry, uh, Premier League umpire, should be with us next week. And waiting in the wings as well, we've also got James Emerson. And for those of you who don't know James, well, he does a fantastic job in producing the regular league newsletter. He's a scorer, aficionado, uh, works with the press uh, for the big matches as well. Well, James can tell you all about this uh, when we get him in and, of course, his views across the county league. So Simon Smith and James Emerson lined up in the next couple of weeks. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. So, yeah, interesting times just at the moment around Chester Borton. So you've seen an, interrupt, it's an interruption here. Look, look, look. So it's a marauding. You've had a drink, lovey. Yeah, you, look, look. Come back another week and sing your song. That's it. Yeah, come back another week and it's Julia Pond again. But we'll get her on in, in a week or so's time. Uh, we can't have her on in that state, to be honest. Right. So let's move on. Match reviews and previews from Chester Porton Hall. So these are difficult times for the first team just at the moment. They've lost four league games on the bounce and uh, a losing draw before that uh, with Didsbury. Saturday past uh, saw them entertain Timperley. It was all about Firquan Shafiq. Now, I've seen Firquan Shafiq score a fantastic 200 for Cheshire, so no great surprise to see him in splendid form, but he really was. Now, here's Lee to tell us about it. Another week and more cricket. It's been one of those, Jim, where you can look at some real positives and some real areas of improvement needed. Uh, From a first-team perspective, obviously scoring so many runs on what looked like a very, very good Chester deck, um, you're always going to be disappointed to not get over the line or at least come away with a draw after scoring so many runs. 
I think the one thing that we probably take away from it is is that they had Furkan Shafiq, who scored over 140 runs himself, the, the Cheshire player. Not one of our batters really kicked on, only Alex Money with 50 <clears throat> really put uh, his mark on, on the innings. There was a lot of people with 30s, 40s, 20s, and we could really do with someone really laying a mark down. We haven't had 100 since the first week of the season in the league, and that was Warren at Oxton. <clears throat> From a bowling perspective, it looks again like a lack of penetration throughout the bowling lineup, and that's going to be something that's worrying Harry. And it'll be interesting to see how he fares taking his side to the last game of the first half of the season away at Hyde. Notoriously a little bit green, but it's going to be really, really um, interesting to see whether he decides to to bowl first if he wins the toss and look to chase. Um, but certainly a team that's desperately in need of a win. Um, obviously, before that is the T20 quarterfinal against Grappenall, one game away from finals day, and a competition which obviously the club has fantastic recent history in. Grappenall come full of you know full of confidence in the sense that they've you know they're up near the, the top half of the first division. They've got a, a very decent side there. You know the obvious names are Adam Roiland, who used to play for Cumberland. Um, and sc- scored a, a really decent score back in 2014 in, in the final when we just got past them um, and then went on and won the national that year. The star turn for them is Grant Hognett, uh, ex-first-class cricketer, uh, obviously an extremely impressive batter, and let's hope that he doesn't have his day when it comes to Thursday. For ourselves, obviously, it's a chance to get out and play some pink ball cricket. Obviously, the big miss for us is Ollie Law, the big six foot seven batsman, after scoring a hundred in the national, managed to uh, dislodge part of his his thumb by the looks of it, and has been out for three or four weeks now. And and there's probably three or four more weeks to go, so he'll be a big miss at the top of the order. But I'm sure Harry will um, manipulate the order to try and you know try and get some emphasis up the top. And we'll be looking to guys such as Jack Williams, Andy Metcalf, low down the order to try and add some late boundaries. But it's one of those games now with, with the league position not looking as healthy as we'd want it to be. The cup competitions take on a, a much greater importance. Uh, with Wallacey beating Timperley over the weekend, that sets up a really interesting clash between uh, the two old Liverpool comp foes. Uh, old Liverpool comp foes. It will be a massive game when that comes round and I'm sure there'll be a massive crowd on at the Oval. Um, and you know, hopefully uh, Chester can put on a real show when that comes round. We'll be playing against our old friend Jamie Crawley, and uh, obviously ex Cheshire legend Neil Cross as well. So that should be a really, really interesting game to look forward to. Match reviews and previews. So the long trip to Macclesfield for the second eleven uh, this weekend, and uh, it was a successful trip as well. Tommy Evans will tell us about that, uh, about a win for a team that included a certain L.F. Dixon. Hi, Jim. Yeah, a uh, bit more of a upbeat report this week uh, following our loss to Toft last week. We uh, we had to bounce back, and uh, Macclesfield away was sort of the perfect place we could do it. Um bit of a changed team uh, Bobby wasn't available Spavo wasn't available and also Griff Captain Griff wasn't available so I uh, I took control um, we were very lucky to have Dicko down from the ones who in his own words had been suffering a bit of poor form so he came down to find some form with the bat um, and he was a fantastic addition to the squad 
Um, so, yeah, away at Macclesfield, we got there, had a look at the wicket. Uh, we wanted to bat. Um, I lost the toss and we got put in anyway, so we did what we wanted to do, even with losing the toss. Uh, Dicko opened up with Matt Hodges, <clears throat> and they just set about the attack perfectly. Um, they had an opening partnership of 121, of which Dicko got 64. Um, and then Matt Hodges continued batting with uh, a few of us batting around him. He fell for 73, but it was an excellent foundation which both of them had laid. Um, Reg and Wiggy came in towards the end, and they really sort of read the script right, as Dan put it in the report. Um, <clears throat> we were 190 in the 40th, and we got to 261 for four in the 47th over, leading us to declare three overs early. Uh, Reg hit a fantastic 44 not out and Wiggy got a very quick 31 not out so those two really helped along with uh, Dicko and Matt Hodges <clears throat> into giving us a fantastic score so we were quite confident at T but it's very strict mantra of we hadn't done anything yet we'd struggled to bowl teams out all year um, I can't remember one where we had actually bowled a, a full team out Griff may correct me on that one um, so we were... <clears throat> Apprehensive but confident. Um, opened up with Wiggy. Uh, first over, Wiggy got a wicket. It was a fantastic start. Wiggy was bowling some really quick pace. Um, he took another wicket the way over after, and Macclesfield was struggling. They put a bit of a defence up in um, the number four, Bones, who got 54, but Dan uh, cleared him up LBW and then got their other um, <clears throat> decent batsman, um, more out for LBW as well and after that we finished them up pretty pretty easily. Dan took four wickets, Fishy took three and Wiggy took two and they have a pick of the bowlers and we ended up winning by 140 runs so yeah fantastic performance. Um, Matt Hodge took uh, Matt Hodge sorry took man of the match um, his opening partnership with Lee was excellent and helped us lay the foundations for a good win so 25 points we've got Hyde at home uh, this Saturday coming, um, bit of a change team again for different reasons, but hoping we can take 25 points again. Cheers. The Full Toss Podcast. Well, for the second team this week, I got the opportunity to get a, a front row seat to see how the team is getting on. Uh, it's the first time I've played second team cricket for nearly 22 years, and I can honestly say I really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, as chairman of selectors, sometimes you've got to make tough decisions. And it felt like the right time for, for me and, and for the club, ultimately, to, for me to just take a little step back for a week or two, just to get some form back and also give some of the people in the first team the opportunity to stake a claim for some of those key roles. And, and Captain Tommy Evans managed to lead the side out on what looked like an extremely used wicket that had obviously a lot of cricket in the, in the previous week. Um, I think a lot of us, uh, certainly the senior guys around me, Jim Gilson had a look at the wicket, were very keen to bat. Tommy agreed and luckily lost the toss and they still put us in on a wicket that surely was only going to get worse. It was great to get out there. I don't think I've actually had many conversations with Matt Hodges. Obviously, our world's colliding for the first time after him spending a lot of time in, in the third 11 over previous years and then obviously me coming down from the ones. Uh, we managed to put on 120 in the first 20 overs. Um, a partnership was thoroughly enjoyable watching uh, Matt, you know, at the start, really take it to the to the quick bowlers, really being ruthless through the point area in particular, and then <clears throat> being able to build that partnership with him as the slower bowlers came on and take my turn. Uh, obviously, 
I went first at, at 64 and it was great to get some runs and, and help build that platform. But it was great to see Tommy Evans come in uh, in his role as captain, <clears throat> promoting himself up the order, which to be fair, if you're captain for a week, you might as well do get your full match fees worth. I'm surprised Tommy didn't get a little bowl as well. But uh, he came in and after a little bit of a slow start, decided to absolutely dismantle the uh, Macclesfield attack for a quick fire 30. And then after Matt Hodges fell for, for 73 um, LBW, it was up to Wiggy and Reggie uh, to come in and watching these two young lads in their, in their late teens, early 20s run really hard, they absolutely put Macclesfield to the sword taking 10 and over off a period of seven or eight overs, leaving us 268, which obviously was a mammoth total against a side that was bereft of confidence. Bowling-wise, it was clear to see that Alex Townend is literally probably games away from getting that first-team call-up. He looked sharp. He looked like he bowled with real pace and, and great skill. And obviously, after you know coming off after full of confidence with the bat... He set about the Macclesfield attack and, and made early inroads. Sam bowled uh, with very little luck at the other end, but uh, Macclesfield kind of rallied a little bit. And it was for when Dan Riley came on. Now, obviously, Dan, as a first-team cricketer, when I'm in the nets, it's fair to say you don't face many people like Dan. Uh, I'd imagine if he was drafted to the IPL, he'd be seen as a mystery spinner or non-spinner as such. But he certainly knows second-team cricket. You know, he sets his slip cordon up at deep square leg and uh, and off he goes to his work and he, he bowled exceptionally well. Um, he was then uh, joined by Matt Brain, who almost instantly got the breakthrough that we were looking for, a leading edge caught by Wiggy in the covers. So it was, you know, th- there was regular breakthroughs, which was fantastic. But it was when Dan and Robin Fisher came together, the old partnership. Robin, obviously a legend of, of Cheshire cricket as a left-arm spinner. If he'd have bowled any earlier on that wicket, I'm, I'm sure that Macclesfield may not have made 100. He showed every bit of his quality. Um, and the, the final wicket itself was uh, an unbelievable piece of bowling, spinning from leg to off, clipping the top of the stumps, and a, a fantastic victory. It was nice to look across and see Tommy, obviously, um, kind of a big day for him leading the second team out. You know, we needed a win and it was nice to see him kind of almost two two hands cl- clenched together, enjoying that moment. Um, I still believe that he's still telling us to this moment now that the, we, the next wicket's the most important. But it was a really good good trip out there. Some really good uh, performances and, and spirits were high coming back from the ground. Uh, massive game this week for the second team. The captain returns, Matt Griffiths, and he'll be uh, looking to, um, by the looks of it, promote uh, Will Fisher this week after a couple of the players become unavailable uh, due to illness and unavailability. But uh, Will Fisher looks like he's going to get his chance, and we're going to speak about him later on. But he had a really impressive game and has been training really well with the first and seconds as well. So Will will get his chance bowling in tandem with his dad, Robin. Uh, from a batting perspective... Still no Bobby. Spavo comes back in. And uh, last week, Jim Gilson didn't get in, but I'm sure, given the chance this week on a flat Chester wicket, that he really is going to be able to um, make it make it count. And uh, I, I really fancy the second team to be able to string a, another win together and keep pushing it away at the top of the league. It looks extremely tight. Some fantastic sides. Um, Didsbury, Nantwich, uh, ourselves, 
all up the top of that that division and not to forget Toft obviously from the week before who looked like he got a really good side out Match reviews and previews from Chester Borton Hall George Metcalf's third 11 go from strength to strength uh, this weekend gone they beat uh, Oakmere here he is to tell us about it the thirds welcomed Oakmere to Philkins Lane this week as we're looking to continue our good form um as usual, we lost the toss and we were asked to have a bowl at Oakmere, who were currently bottom of our league, but had a couple of players returning back from university and whatnot. So we were expecting a better test than their place in the table suggested. Uh, Dave Fisher and Jake Wonky opened up. Dave Fisher getting the only breakthrough in the first 10 or so overs. Um, and then we handed over to uh, Sarhill and Joe Maddox. Sarhill picked up one wicket himself, uh, one of three catches of the day for the captain, and Joe bowled his ten overs excellently, including four maidles and also picking up four wickets for very few runs. Will Fisher replaced Sarhill, and he insisted on clearing up the lower middle order of Oakmere, picking up three of the final four wickets in an excellent spell, probably one of the most consistent spells he's bowled all year. So Oakmere eventually ended up posting around 167. At one point it could have looked like 250, probably 10 overs after that should have been less than 120, but we settled for 100, 167 in what would be a tricky small chase on the little back pitch. Um, in a change of opening parts again, Freddie opened up with Foxy. And in short, we didn't really get off to the best start. We found ourselves 50 for five, leaving Ed Owen and George Metcalf at the crease. Uh, the pair batted positively together, turning ones into twos where possible and finding the boundary with any bad balls. They put on around 60 for the sixth wicket before George fell neat with the score on around 120. Um, so in came Will Fisher, who bowled so excellently before. Um, he carried on batting positively, picking off the bad ball, hitting his first senior six on the bat pitch. Um, Ed batted excellently too, uh, departing for 37. Very important innings, really steady the ship with George and then continued his form with Will. He unfortunately holed out on the boundary. Um, this meant senior Fisher Dave came in and him, himself and Will comfortably saw us home in what was something that could have been a potential banana skin at 50 for 5 earlier in the day. Uh, so another great win for the third team. Leeds are still in second, which will play take, take on third place Lim next week at Lim, which should be an important game for us. And we've also got the game against league leaders, ultimately the only team to beat us so far this season in a fortnight's time. Cheers. The Full Toss Podcast. Third team this week, George and his men keep going on their merry way. They're in fantastic form. This looked like a potential banana skin and something that George alluded to when we heard from him before. It really is at the moment a team full of confidence and seems to have different people contributing every week, which makes it obviously a, a much stronger team and it means that when people need to step up, they, they often do. Seeing Joe Maddox again in the wickets is fantastic and he was really well supported by Will Fisher. Joe, four for 20 off his 10, Misley with four maidens and Will Fisher, three for 23, really did the damage for George. In response, we faltered a little bit and, you know, with a number of people going cheaply, Jack McGovern with 26 off 18 balls, which looks like was scored all in boundaries, is uh, 
is quite a good good going to start with. And Dan Pond couldn't follow up from his really, really good innings in the El Clasico on the Thursday. It was left to Ed Owen with 37 off 45 to patiently re- rebuild the innings with skipper George Metcalf, 30 off 29. Great to see George in the runs again and, uh, and arguably should be batting higher, but... He's such a selfless sort of character that he continues to give up quite a big chunk of his game for others. But it was left to the Fishers, no relation, Will and Dave, with 28 off 46 and 18 off 21 to see us over the line in 33 overs. Like I said, at the moment, it does look like a side that is just building and building all the time. And they're looking like Marius Mozart will be back in the side this week. Um, And they'll certainly have one or two potentially coming down from the seconds. At this rate, George and his team are going to be able to be pushing away at the top of that Division A in the Cheshire Cricket League. And at the moment, they sit just 16 points behind Alvinley, who we know are an extremely strong side, who we play in two weeks' time. Only Lim, uh, Lim Park in third are a point behind, and then there is a bit of a gap forming of 30-odd points to Port Sunlight. George and his men surely must fancy getting into a bit of a dogfight with Alvinley and that game in two weeks takes unbelievable importance. Match reviews and previews from Chester Borton Hall. Well, of course, when we spoke to Ian last week, he was looking forward to the fourth 11s trip to Christleton. Uh, always a, a great venture just up the road there. Great place to play at as well, Little Heath. Uh, here's his thoughts on a defeat against Christleton. Hi, Jim. The uh, fourths had a chastening week last week, um, two defeats, and um, really took the wind out of our sails after a, after an excellent season. But on both occasions, um, whilst it pains me to say so, we were beaten by the better side. Uh, midweek, we enjoyed El Clasico against the third eleven in the T20 Cup, and um, I think it's fair to say the thirds uh, came away as comfortable victors in the end after after the 411 posted uh, just under 120 off their 20 overs and they were knocked off in the end quite simply with a bit of controversy apparently uh, I myself wasn't there but I I heard all about it all day on Saturday um but um you know of course we're we're really happy that the threes have progressed and and we hope they go on to win it now and then on Saturday we travelled just up the road to our closest rivals Christleton um, a very, very strong side, uh, uh, as usual. It's their second eleven compared to our fourth eleven, And um, it was a beautiful day, a great track. Christopherton, such a, a gorgeous place to play cricket. Um, and and we really didn't um, cover ourselves in glory on the day. We um, we won the toss and decided to bat on a, on a, on a road. And um, when we were 20 for six, we, um, we realised that perhaps we hadn't put our best foot forward. Um, and it was really only thanks to um, Chris Bell and especially Archie Riley that we managed to post uh, a total uh, just just over uh, 100 off our uh, nearly 40 over. So, I mean, it was a really very disappointing batting display from us with the, with the notable exception of Archie, who um, really took the opportunity uh, that presented itself. He batted for probably at least 25 overs for his 38 not out. Uh, did all of the things that his more senior counterparts didn't do, which was to be patient, to hit the bad ball and to defend a good ball, of which there were many. 
And um, and he really uh, was a credit to himself. And it reminded me a little bit of an innings that, that Noah Vickery had uh, a few years back when he was starting out in uh, in senior cricket, when he got something like 35 in a, an absolutely dreadful wicket uh, at the Wirral after lots of rain and really showed to the team and I think to himself that that he could he could cut it in um in senior cricket and then he went on to score hundreds of runs in the remainder of the season and the rest was history so I really think this might be an inflection point for for Archie and his journey in senior cricket in in the end um Christleton knocked off the the uh the 108 required in in about 20 overs without any real drama they were two down in the end but um it never really looked like we were going to uh to to breach their defenses and they've they've got such a strong side and and the truth was they they were they were the much better side on the day and i think they probably recognize as well that they're a couple of divisions lower than where they should be I, i think they would be far more suited to the same division as our third eleven are in, and I think they'd get more competitive cricket. They'd probably enjoy it a little bit more, um, and so you know, in the in the nice possible way, I, I hope they're not in our division next year because they deserve to be a little bit higher up. And, and being a second eleven, they they're adopting some really fantastic cricketers who play first eleven cricket for for many years, and um, it was a bit of a mismatch on Saturday, which was a shame because it was such a lovely day and um, it would have been nice to have a, have a great game of cricket against uh, against our closest rivals. But I think we were we were schooled a little bit and congratulations to Christian on the win. Uh, this coming Saturday, we welcome Ashley to Filkins Lane and uh, that'll be interesting because we've never played against Ashley before. Um, they were a new entrant into, into this league, well, into the Rushuffled League. And um, so that'd be really interesting, you know, meet meet a new team. I think they've had a you know a reasonable season so far, and um, as ever, it'll be nice to be back at home and um, meeting the opposition, and um, hopefully be able to put out a, a reasonably um, strong side. I mean, unfortunately, Archie can't play after his brilliant innings on on Saturday because he's had to self isolate after after testing positive for covid so um so that that's a bit of a shame but we'll have him back in when he's um when he's uh, released from quarantine and look forward to the, him uh, forming a key part of our team for the rest of the season now the fourths i just did not see this coming obviously Christleton are an extremely strong side and we we put out a very very decent fourth 11 at the weekend and it really did look like at one point that we were going to get bowled out for a very very small total they managed to blitz the top order with the with the scoring being three two four zero zero zero, which at that point you're thinking, oh my god, we could be one of those teams that is being passed around the internet, being bowled out for say fifteen twenty. Q Chris Bell and Archie Riley to uh, put together a fantastic partnership, which actually pulled us up to hundred and seven. Archie Riley thirty eight not out obviously showing some form that he's been putting together in junior cricket. Uh, and I know that he's keen to put himself out there as a, as a proper all-rounder, so well done to Archie. Chris Bell with 24, obviously, was the other half of that double act. And with Jamie Littler with 10, it just meant that we, we put a score on, at least we had something to bowl at. The second half um, looked pretty straightforward with um, them knocking it off for two um, in just 22 overs. Jamie Littler and Marius managing to get a wicket apiece. Uh, I do have an apology because I was extremely hard on Ian Thistlewood in the tent on Saturday. 
Um, obviously, they've been kind of hammering every team in front of them. And then to see a batting line up like that, just not fire all on the same day was really tough to take. But in the spirit that it was taken, Ian did the drink at the front with the guys and that was just fantastic. Fourth 11 this week, uh, we'll be looking to try and to get back to winning ways. And in Division C West, there is a little bit of a, a gap forming now. It's done on average points and they've slipped into third behind Barnton and, and the ever-impressive Crystalton. Match reviews and previews from Chester Borton Hall. Now the uh, the ladies' side have a new lease of life. The first 11 are going from strength to strength. Another win. Uh, they lost a week or so ago, midweek, against Appleton, but they turned things around on Sunday with a fine win. Here's Nicole Fisher. The ladies' first 11 faced Appleton twice in one week, both home fixtures the first on Tuesday night in the T20 Western Division. Despite losing the toss, the Chester ladies got off to a great start with Ali Cutler retiring on 30 off just 13 balls. The rest of the team then used this momentum to push us through to 131 off our 20 overs, just losing four wickets. Contributions came from myself, Casey Bennett, Meg Curitan, Georgia Munro and Charlie Thompson, all putting runs on the board. Unfortunately for our Chester side, Appleton's batting experience really showed when they managed to chase down our run in what was a super exciting game as they needed two off the last ball, which unfortunately was top-edged for four. Appleton actually broke the league record in this game for the highest successful run chase in a T20 game. There was another top bowling performance from Ali Cutler though, taking four wickets in her four overs for just five runs. Nettie also claimed a wicket within the inning. Charlie Thompson took a wicket in the final over and Gemma Rose also had a very important direct hit run out. Despite this loss, we were determined to pull things back on Sunday when we faced Appleton again at home. We won the toss and put Appleton straight into the bat in the hope that the outfield would dry out ready for our innings. A great bowling and fielding performance from our Chester side kept Appleton to 139 for 9 off their 40 overs. The pick of the bowlers was Daisy Cook who took 4 wickets in her 6 overs with Gemma Rose also taking 2 for 9 off her 6 and Nettie and Tilly also taking a wicket. There was also a really good run out from Nandu. In response, our Chester ladies steadily knocked those runs off in the 34th over, only losing two wickets. Ali Cutler scored 33, I scored 20. Katie Bennett scored a triumphant 52 not out and Meg Curitan scored 22 not out. So a really good team performance to bring us in the 25 points and keep us at second in the league, only four points behind Didsbury. Well, what a week for the women. And it seems like one of those weeks where I looked at both games and I followed both games online. And the game that we, we lost, I thought we, we should have won. And the one that we won, I thought we probably should have lost. So uh, it just shows how uh, up and down and how competitive that women's league is at the moment. Certainly the name to pull out for me would be Katie Bennett. Uh, great to see Katie back playing and her contributing to a, a win, but also scoring 50, which was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I know to all the girls there, I saw some of the videos, it looked absolutely 
brilliant. And her 76 ball half century with, uh, in a partnership with Meg Curtin saw us over the line after very, very decent start from the captain, Nicole Fisher, and Ali Cutler. Earlier in the week, it looked like uh, Appleton uh, were, were well out the game um, and needing, well, they needed about 70 or 80 off the last 10 overs. Uh, but it, in the first innings, we, we managed to, to get to 131. Meg Curtin, uh, Ali Cutler with, with 27 and 30 respectively. Nicole Fisher carrying a bat the whole way through for 20, not out. Um, that looked like a strong score at halfway, but in the end, they've they've managed to to get over the line, literally in in, in the very last moment. Um, I think a, a few of the bowlers took a little bit of tap towards the end, and uh, it was unlucky for Ali Cutler who bowled four overs, four for five, but ultimately Appleton got over the line. Like I said, in the very last over, so. A mixed bag. It looks like a really good start in the uh, 40 over competition for the women. And the T20 looks like it needs a little bit of work, but uh, everyone seems to be enjoying it. And we keep building from, from where we're at as well. Seeing the amount of girls coming down on a Tuesday night, supporting the junior girls, but also the women's sessions as well has been really good. And uh, hopefully over the coming weeks, we can start really uh, getting our best team out week in, week out. And uh, maybe have a, a little dip at, at the top of the league uh, in the uh, the women's section. So well done to them. The Chester Borton Hall Player of the Week, sponsored by Changing Home, Chester's premier independent estate agent. And the Changing Home Player of the Week this week. Well, what a great choice with three for twenty-three and twenty-eight vital runs at the end of the innings. It was the third eleven's Will Fisher that took the bottle of pop. Fancy league time. Obviously, we'll hear from Jacko with his algorithm, but it really is all change at the top of the table. At the moment, it's John Scott leading the way with Dan Pond in close pursuit. Warren has fell away. I have fell away. Women's captain Nicole Fisher is just fractionally ahead of the men's captain in fourth and fifth, battling for that Champions League spot. At the bottom of the table... It really is a mixed bag. Uh, obvious people to mention is uh, Tommy Evans, uh, who's in 46th place, and uh, Jim Gilson in 40th. But uh, this week, the top team was actually Dan Pond's side. Dan Pond put a, a strong team together. Um, he obviously had uh, listened to the podcast and, and followed selection. He had good weeks from Alex Townend with 84 points, Al Money with 87 and uh, he's even captained that old, that old fatty Lee Dixon, 188 points. Uh, obviously, thinking that he may get uh, a few runs. Best value by a mile, though. Katie Bennett, 1.6 million, 97 points. This week, with the second team at home on what looks like a good wicket, Matt Griffiths returning is always a good one to to follow in the uh, fancy league, especially with Bobby not being around. Plenty of runs to go on. Don't forget Ben Spaven's back this week and he's due a score. And then just looking through the bowling, it's looking like uh, potentially that there could be some changes to the first and the second team. So keep your ear out for selection because there could be some major value as one of the first or second teamers swap sides. And uh, yeah, there could be some wickets to, to be had. Lower down the sides, 
Jazzy Littler is due some wickets, so he's going to be going into my team this week. And the other one to follow um, is Jake Wunke. He's had a quite a couple of weeks, but he's surely due a few as well. Have a good week, guys. Enjoy Fancy League. Well, at least Wacko Jacko is sober this week, so we can let him into the building if we can't let others in. And uh, I can hear him coming up the stairs now. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's uh, he's looking fairly good. A little hat at a jaunty angle there. Wacko Jacko and the uh, Fantasy League news. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Wij gaan feesten. Well, no, I thought it was Jack coming along, but, uh, you know, after his 97 last week and, of course, being called up for Cheshire on Sunday, well, he's obviously uh, having a little bit of a lay down. It's, uh, it's definitely not Jack, it's, it may be Julia Pond, who knows? Anyway, he's not with us this week, he'll be back next week. Ah, time to have a lay down. The end of another <laughs> another full toss podcast. Many thanks to our skippers, uh, all our contributors this week as per ever. Thank you to Lee Dixon, of course, as well. Thank you very much to you for listening. A reminder that if there is anybody you particularly want to hear on the programme uh, or anything you want to ask us about uh, or anything you want to tell us about, um, please uh, please do so, all right? Uh, all the news about what's happening at the teams and events and all that, of course, you can find on the website. In the meantime, get yourself down to Bolton Hall. It's a busy weekend, uh, starting on Thursday, really, going all the way through to Tuesday when the uh, third team are at home as well. Stay safe. See you next time. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Bolton Hall.